I'm Andy Leroy, and this is That Entertainment Podcast, coming to you for the 2023 Adelaide Fringe Festival. And this year, we have the delight of the Dancing Monsters Community Parade on the 19th of March. And Daniel Havey is with me to have a chat about monsters and a bit of a different perception of how we might see monsters ourselves. Daniel, welcome. Look, I just wanted to start off by saying how unique this particular event is from the experience of monsters because when i think of monsters i generally tend to think of the the scary type yeah that's right and you know there's a bit of a history to that i really kind of struggled for a while coming up with the the term monsters and it's for want of the easiest thing from our cultural point of view might be to call it a monster at a word i guess if we go back to the basics and look at the non-human face that is a masked face that is something strange or other to human and consider what that might be and that you could give that all sorts of names but if we're kind of generalizing tell me about some of the types of monster that you've seen in the three years that you've been doing this so far all sorts of weird and wonderful beings actually one of the words i was thinking initially was an entity but there's something a bit kind of cold and sterile about that the monstering thing there's a number of strands feeding into how it developed but one of them was through actually a placemaking project that i got a grant from the city of port adelaide to do with the local community and placemaking can mean a few things but the way i was working it was looking to connect people to the places around them with the device of the monster that is if you chose a place that was important to you that you felt connected to or that you might just be interested in and you wanted to protect that place and you know there was a monster in that place that protected it what would that monster look like you know how would it move Um, what would its story be that kind of thing and in some ways by drawing people into imagining that you're kind of connecting to a place with your imagination which is a beautiful thing to do and it's something we don't do as much as perhaps we used to give ourselves permission to do you've got workshops and you've got a lot of community involvement to actually get to that point of the parade don't you yeah yeah that's right i've encouraged people to imagine the monster as the guardian or as a a way of representing the place and from there there's a bunch of individual practices that we got into so we would you know i would collaborate with someone to develop an outfit and then connect with a place or identify their place and then you know we actually shot some videos and did some music and stuff just collaborating with other artists and at the end of that i decided just as a kind of way of winding up the project that we'd have a little parade or procession and that really kind of took on a life of its own and i guess all the parade and the community kind of expression of creativity and connection to community and place is you know in a kind of general sense a really common cultural expression we do that in some ways with halloween or with the christmas pageant and there are folk traditions that include masking and representing connection to season or place through music and creativity like that all over the world and in some ways i felt i guess that i'm I'm trying to kind of go back to grassroots with that stuff because a lot of people you know i think they they see the pictures or the the video and the and it looks exciting and they want to connect with it but we're a little bit out of practice with this stuff culturally in a way and um a lot of people think well you know that's for performers and artists or musicians and i'm not really one of those kind of specializations or something and that's what i want to totally get away from i want people to remember that we're all entitled to express ourselves creatively and in some ways what i'm asking people to do is even to step outside of the idea of self-expression and to express through the idea of the monster and the place so the monster is in fact the expression not the person it's not about you it's about the place and your collaboration with 
closed. Having said that, you know, there's no sort of getting away from self-expression, I don't think at least. So that's ultimately what it becomes. And I think by stepping outside of the strict idea of the self, we actually kind of create a bit of space to express things we didn't know about ourselves because they might not be specific to ourself or to a kind of individualised idea of self. Going back to that workshop stuff, the workshop is there to sort of create an easygoing space in which to kind of put things together and put them on your head and move around and see what that looks like and feels like and so that people can kind of ease into it without feeling intimidated. Tell me about the place that you'll actually be connecting to in this year's Fringe. For the past couple of years and, and for this year again, the idea is that the monsters will be, and not everyone comes as a monster, we also have people that just come to blow trumpets or bang drums and or just to be part of it. But we're going to be protecting the Port River, Yotabulti, and the idea, I guess, is that as a procession where uh, expressing that care and protection for that place. So what kind of connections does what you're doing here have to, say, local Indigenous folklore? Certainly we are interested in that, but of course I'm not Ghana and uh, so I'm not in a position to represent Ghana folklore or story. I'm very happy for it to be included by the participation of Ghana people and, and we do have some of that. But I suppose one of the kind of interests that I have, because I'm full of sort of awe and respect for the connection that Ghana people have and have had to the land and and country. And I think as settlers, we often don't know or, or we're not quite sure how to connect like that. And, I, you know, it's tricky territory making comparisons, but I, I certainly think it, it's possible for us to go a lot deeper than we have done. In fact, I think it's important, really, really important for us to go a lot deeper than we have done. And so this isn't just fun and dancing for me and, and for people that are involved in it. It's another way of finding connection. Yeah, I get a real sense that there is this connection to place and also to each other as a community. And the way to do that is to create these costumes or these masks. Can you tell me a little bit about the process of going through that mask making. Do you actually make a different representation each time you do it, or is this a monster that evolves for you? Yeah, in some ways, there's no rules about it. This is for, for the third. Well, I've done it actually probably five or six various community events as a monster, and I generally do a different monster every time, and that's just me. But there's also probably most people. In fact, it's more common for people to make a monster and for that monster to be, I guess, their monster. They they use that every time. So in terms of that process of, of making, once again, there's kind of no rules, but I often encourage people to start with the face, that is, to make something that covers your face. Because once you've done that, I mean, there's, there's a lot in the face. And so when we begin by masking a, a human face, we basically lose a very significant marker of identity and, and, and something else is there in, in place of that which is a bit uncanny in a way and a bit weird, but it's also kind of exciting. It's like, what, who's that? <laughs> and then you, you want to know who that is. And um, so some people might go in with a, a strong kind of sense of what they want to make and build it from there. That's not how I enter it. You know, I, I guess I'd encourage people to go in with an openness to kind of collaborate with the place and, the, you know, to be open to the process and see what emerges from that. So, you know, that's kind of taken various forms for me. Um, the first time I did it, I just got a cardboard box and threw some old tablecloths over it and, and then jammed some old flowers in there and 
you know, I was just looking at things that were around me. So it can be really as simple as anything that's around you to, to create that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I see there as well that you're saying that um, you, you encourage the use of recycled materials or even materials that are significant to you in the mask. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a few things going on there, I guess, because it is sort of about connecting to place. I think one of the ways we can be caring and respectful is to be conscious about the impact we're having on not just the place we're working with, but places in general. And so that's a nice way to, um, you know, using recycled materials is a nice way to do that. And I guess by using local or materials in your immediate area, it raises questions, I suppose, you know, when you just grab something from the beach, I think most of us assume it's okay to just grab something and, and, and take it. But if we think of the beach as a place you know, we can be in a relationship with, we could consider that we should ask the beach if it's okay. <laughs> and, you know, and that's a funny kind of practice for, for a lot of us. Um, it, it feels a bit odd, but... There's almost this disconnection we have often to the land, isn't there? To, mm. to the places that we're in, where we don't actually often consciously think about how we're treading through it or what we're taking or leaving behind. Absolutely. And, you know, I think there's hundreds of years of conditioning around that that have kind of worked so deeply into our frames of reference that um, we're not quite sure how to work through it. But um, it's worthwhile taking that journey because once you start relating, you know, it's like anything. If if you start noticing someone, like a person, and you didn't know them before and, and you, you then kind of then say something to them and they say something back, or even if you just exchange a simple glance, I guess that you know there 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 are ways in which you start to feel like you're in a reciprocal kind of relationship, and yeah, once again, it's 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 hard I think for many of us to conceive of how that might work, but you won't know until you enter into it. Probably quite differently to how you might normally connect to people as well. Yeah, there's a lot of intense power in it in a way. I'm guessing there's a real sense of liberation of being able to put that mask on at the end of the process and then be able to allow yourself to connect probably quite differently to how you might normally connect to people as well. I mean, I think it's different for everybody, but um, as you say, it's it's quite liberating to be able to, for me to be able to step away from Daniel and to be something else. And, you know, I think that's where I, I usually sort of emphasise intention as important by that i mean if you're putting on a mask you want to be stepping into the role of something or or someone who's who's protective rather than just kind of a blank slate it's more than just dress ups is is really what i'm hearing it's not just a case of making a pretty mask and dancing around the street it's actually something with a lot more intention around coming into this character and coming into this protector yeah, I would say that there can be, and you know that's sort of, um, I guess, the ideal. But um, actually, in, in the reality is that I think there's all sorts of all shades of experience for people that get involved in this. And for some of us, sometimes it's been like this for me. It really is just kind of putting on a mask and dancing around, and and that's great fun. You know, <laughs> like it's it's a great thing to do. But I'm always mindful, I guess, of that invitation for people to to think about the intention. Yeah, yeah. That monster and the masking process and to sort of express from that because that's quite a powerful thing to do. Well, whether you want to be a participant and 
become fully absorbed in the character, whether you want to put on a mask and dance through the streets, or whether you just want to be a spectator, 19th of March, 7pm, Port River is the place and time to do it. Daniel, do you have any words of encouragement for anybody who's thinking they might want to come along to one of your workshops? Absolutely, yeah. Look, just try it out. I think for a lot of people, it's just a little bit weird or unfamiliar. That's where all the fun happens, though, isn't it? Exactly. That's the good stuff. And don't forget when you were a kid, this is just what you wanted to do. Like, um, you know, and, and at some point we got talked out of it. Like, uh, you know, and, and that's okay. You know, we all have to grow up, but uh, we don't have to throw the baby out um, or the baby monster out with the bathwater to really connect with our own sort of, not just our own creativity, but this kind of wider way of connecting that I'm sort of proposing through the practice. We have to step outside of those kind of uh, limitations and remember what it was like as a child to do dress-ups, to dance, to play. And that's not just for kids. What a tragedy if it was just for kids. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Dancing Monsters Community Parade, 19th of March at 7pm. Daniel Havey, thank you so much for your time this morning having a chat. And uh, best of luck for a colourful parade. And I look forward to seeing the photos at the end of it. Yeah, thanks, Andy. It should be fun. Looking forward to it. And I'll leave details of the Facebook page and also the community event page in the show notes. So you too can check out Dancing Monsters, Adelaide Fringe 2023. That Entertainment Podcast is a Welcome Change Media production. 